Part of my discussion today with John Brown is a really good example of the importance of continuous improvement, not only in business, but I guess with your golf game personally as well, you know, always uncovering stones and using factual data, factual information rather than subjective conjecture to make opinion based decisions, you know, and um, this is a really good example of how the initial rollout of strategies and tactics wasn't the best solution for this particular club but sticking to it and leaning on data and continuously improving really helped to drive results. This is the Golf Essentials Podcast with Casey Bork. So I'm, I'm a huge believer in sort of continuing refinements in, in pursuit of optimization, you know, and I know that's a core principle of our company. I'm just curious if you've got a story or of a club that Maybe you stepped into and some of the initial solutions that you deployed ended up not being ideal. And how did you figure that out? And how did you refine? And and what was the eventual outcome? Any examples like that? Yeah, uh, absolutely, Casey. I uh, I'm going to tell you a story about a a club in in North Carolina that. Uh, it's a 36 hole facility and uh you know our anticipation and all the research that we did on this particular facility uh told us that it really revolved around uh you know a membership grouping that you know heavily supported the club and 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 was the answer for us to uh you know move the club into almost becoming more of a private club. So we were considering another hybrid option mm-hmm. as I had spoken about before at this facility. And the further that we got into operations with this facility, um, it became clear to me that we had a resource uh, on this property that we didn't have at a lot of other properties that we just needed to um, spend some money on and really upgrade to assist the answer that we were looking for at this property. And and so what I'm talking about is, you know, we first thought that this club was completely revolving around a membership base and and we were, you know, very upbeat and attuned to developing that membership base. And we did, and don't get me wrong, you know, part of the, part of the research was absolutely correct, but we downplayed, we had 41 guest rooms at this facility and we downplayed those guest rooms because of the numbers uh, that they had shown over the, you know, the last many years as we bought this club out of the, out of as we brought as we bought the club and brought it out of bankruptcy mm-hmm. in, in terms um, of the revenues did, you were seeing out of those rooms or occupancy it, or, or that sort yeah, of yeah both revenue yeah. and occupancy was just not very good so yeah. they, they just they just you know they just weren't on the map at all so we 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 rather you know we we basically initially started spending money on upgrades to the golf course and all of those kinds of things and 
And as the development of the membership piece uh, uh, really was confined to the village that this golf course was in because of the, there were so many others uh, of a similar ilk that were, in, you know, all around us in this particular resort area. Um, we didn't pull a lot of membership opportunity from other places. So that really limited us. And we, uh, we we over appraised our our opportunity there, and uh, and under appraised um, the opportunity that existed right with the amenity base that we had just bought. Mm-hmm. So, in essence, what we did is we uh, <laughs> decided that these rooms were tired, really needed an upgrade, and. Uh, and quite frankly, we took all 41 rooms, and in and in basically three months uh, during the off season, we gave them a facelift. Um, everything from new carpeting to new furniture to new paint to new bed coverings—you know, the whole deal. Mm-hmm. Um, this was at a time when, you know, the construction industry was down, so we really, really had a a good chance to secure a number of bids. And we had very, very hungry contractors on the other end of that. And we, we ended up being able to do all of what I just said for about $300,000. Hmm. Now that's a substantial amount of money, but it's 41 rooms. And, and quite frankly, those rooms became, became extremely popular. Um, some of it was was helped and driven by a U.S. Open that was in that area, and we ended up uh, renting all 41 of them to the USGA, the United States Golf Association. So mm-hmm. that didn't hurt us at all from a, from a marketing standpoint, kind of moving forward. And every year since then, we've we've had a loyal, a very loyal base of golf travelers coming to us. Uh, playing, you know, the two golf courses that we had there and two others that we had in the area, um, along with some others, but but very loyal golf traveler group that enjoy the, the amenities there and, uh, you know, enjoy the food there at the club. We upgraded the food. We did a number of different things. So so their stay was uh, was comfortable. But we really had downplayed an amenity that was there because we just didn't want to right off the get-go, dive into spending all that money uh, on, a, on a refurbishing job there when it was truly the answer. So every once in a while, you know, you surprise yourself by, by outthinking yourself, which is what we did <laughs> on that particular deal. Right. And uh, uh, those have become extremely uh, well sought after. They're good revenue producers. And they have been the answer at that club that has taken the the gross revenue up uh, several hundred thousand, uh, you know, on an annual basis. So that that's one that's one case where where that was, uh, you know, where we did exactly what you just asked me. Yeah, yeah. So it was a an asset that was sort of flying under the radar initially because it was tired. It wasn't really highly utilized. Um, so your focus went elsewhere on some quicker wins and then once you sort of peel back the curtain a little further you you figured out that this could be an asset that could bring in some money yeah. 
maybe with uh, some other clubs there in the area too, um, a little bit of synergy there too, maybe. Did that happen? Yeah, too? absolutely. You know, we ended up, uh, you know, just pretty much every group that we booked coming through there. And, and most of the groups were guys, although we had several groups of ladies that would come there too. And, and, and on their annual golf trip, uh, the, the, uh, just about every group, we had the opportunity to book all four of our golf courses and in, into a nice package for them. And then we had some opportunities and some other, uh, we made some other arrangements with a few other clubs that were in the area too, um, and negotiated a price with them and, uh, were able to, to make a few bucks off of those rounds of golf, uh, also. Beautiful. So, uh, yeah, it was like, it was a good win-win for us all the way around. And, uh, you know, you just can't always, uh, you know, something that may scare you that looks like it's really tired, boy, that's going to be expensive to fix. We thought we'd get to it in time, uh, uh, because the original game plan was slower than what our anticipation was. We had to get to it quicker. Mm-hmm. And, and of course we, we, we changed and we did that and uh, spent the money. And, and quite frankly, it's probably some of the best money that we spent. And, and as I said, when that U S open, we, we finished it just in time for the U S open. And, uh, and, and quite frankly, it was uh, marvelous for us because we had the right, kind of folks going through there uh who spread the word and uh and and it's it's been a good thing ever since yeah yeah so a real um real highly competitive marketplace but that sort of thing also serves up a bigger opportunity for sort of transient play right and yeah them a place you know it's, it's, well that's right it's it's a it's a it's quite a competitive marketplace but there aren't that many competitors that actually have 36 holes at their doorstep, mm-hmm. you know? So um, at a price point that's user friendly for groups and families, and that was the real key for us is that we, you know, we developed th- these rooms and they, they weren't opulent or anything, but they were quite nice. Um, they were comfortable and we kept them priced uh, really, really fairly and reasonably in the marketplace. And, and that combined with the, with the grouping of the rounds at our four golf courses gave us a little leg up on, uh, on many of the others. Right. Right. Very cool. Yeah. I love that sort of extending beyond sort of the typical golf only offering. Um, Were you guys, um, were you marketing these rooms on sort of non golf, through non-golf avenues as well, like, you know, maybe uh, different websites and things like that. Yeah, we did, you know, we did some, uh, some of the normal stuff because we had nice banquet facilities there too. And, and, and with the upgrade in the, uh, in the rooms, uh, you know, we started getting more wedding parties and, 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 you know, and, and, and they taking all the rooms for their guests those types of things mm-hmm. um, that we just didn't have before because the rooms were just so tired that they just, they just needed a, you know, an overhaul. And, and once we did that, it, it opened up a lot of doors for us. Yeah. Hell of a nice differentiator uh, for the wedding business. I'm sure being able to have yeah, everybody was, just stay right there on property, you know, right there on property. They don't have to drive to the, you know, wherever the dinners might be or any of that kind of stuff. Uh, 
you know, so there, there, there aren't any, and there aren't any problems with, uh, any kind of, uh, uh, needing a designated driver or any of that kind of thing. They can just walk out the door and walk down to their room. And, uh, you know, it's a very nice setup for that. And, uh, and, and quite frankly, uh, I mean, I think we knew that, but I think we were just really hesitant that, uh, you know, going into this thing to spend that, that, that big dollar right off the get go. Cause that increases your sale price, obviously. Uh, but it was well worth it in, uh, in that particular uh, facility. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, there's no shame in that. I mean, sometimes hindsight is 2020, you know, you look back and like, Oh man, we could have done this right off the bat, but, sounds like you got the timing with the market with the uh the contractors being a little bit hungry and the open rolling into town and hitting the off season you you got all the all the ducks in a row yeah. to make the win you know yeah you know and there was a, the the third duck there too was you know being in north carolina in the, which is the you know the furniture hub of the world basically uh, didn't hurt either because sure. they were also hurting. They were also hurting badly at that time. And I have to admit, we, we played both ends against the middle really hard and, uh, <laughs> and ran a hard bargain and, uh, and quite frankly, got the place looking like we wanted it to look. Cool. Cool. Love it. Yeah. Cool. Good Thanks, stuff. Dan. Yeah. That, that's yeah, awesome. No problem. Yep. All right, man. Good talking with you again and see you soon. Hey, if you haven't subscribed to the Golf Essentials podcast, it'd be super cool if you did. If you really like the stuff, please share it with your buddies. I would really, really appreciate it. Thanks, guys.